Do you need encouragement? Do you need peace in your life? In today's broadcast, we're really dealing on, on these two subjects. I'm encouraging you. I'm sharing something with you that will really encourage you, but also on peace. Because you and I need peace in this time where we are in and where we are living in. And this peace really needs to just saturate you and saturate me so that we can do the things that we are called to do, that we were born to do in a way that just blows our minds. But to do that, we need to be encouraged all the time, encourage yourself even, and also we need the peace, the peace of God in our lives so that we can absolutely do what we need to do every single day and impact our own lives and the lives of all those around us. So please stay tuned until after the intro as we dig deeper into this uh, precious subject and in the second part of avoiding mistakes by learning from history. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now, let's move on to today's episode. Welcome to today's broadcast of the Rise and Shine show. I'm so glad that you're with me again. And this uh, is part two of Avoid Making Mistakes by Learning from History that we're going to deal with today. And if you did not listen to the first part of this message or of the series, then I encourage you to go back and really listen to it. I'm going to recap a little bit if you haven't listened to that, so you will not lose out altogether. But there's very uh, important pointers that I gave you in part one. And today we're really going to look at encouragement when facing opposition. And this is important because... Uh, I don't know about you, but as far as I know, there's no one that are not facing opposition. And especially if you are walking where you're supposed to walk, then there is opposition. If you don't have opposition, I almost want to tell you, then the enemy is not against you. And you may think that you're on a roll, but actually you're not really because uh, when you do the things that God purposed for you. You're going to be a target and the enemy is going to try to get at you. And encouragement may come. But then it's important to also receive from others and learn how we can be encouraged and even encourage yourself because that is really what it's all about when people are not around so that you can even encourage yourself in the Lord and move forward and do what you need to do. Now just to recap a little bit, on what we touched on yesterday. Now, the reason why history is so important for you and I to learn from is because, uh, for example, where Paul the Apostle, where he also writes in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, now all these things happened to them, and he's talking here about the Israelites that went through the desert, and they were complaining, and they were murmuring all the time, and they, they just were not happy, and they were not content with what they had and actually they were being looked after so well they had enough food there in the desert they had enough water they had everything that they needed and yet they complained they wanted to go back to where they came from in slavery all the time and so uh, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 he says now all these things 
this historical things happened to them for examples and warnings. So these things that happened there was written down so that they can read it and see as examples and warnings. And in a way, it's for us as well. And then he says here, he goes on, he says, and they are written for our admonition. So it's for your admonition. And what is admonition? It's for our instruction so that we can avoid those mistakes that they made by grumbling and complaining and not doing uh, what God told them to do. And the reason why it's so important to rather just do what God tells you to do. Because remember, God made you. He made me. He made man. And he's the one who knows how we are put together. So if he says, don't do this, don't commit adultery, for example, he knows why he's saying that. It's not to spoil your fun or my fun. He says it so that you and I will avoid the consequences of those things. And that is why these things are so important. So go and look at history. Go and look at the Israelites, for example, and in our example, uh, Gideon, and see what happened there so that we can learn from this uh, history and this historical person and so that we can apply what he did and avoid some of the things that he did wrong. So that is why it's so important. And the reason also why it's so important to learn from history and to be open to learn is because when you think you don't have to learn anything, you've arrived, I'm telling you, you're up for a surprise because the next moment you may land on your, on your face, right on your nose, because Paul also says here, wherefore, let him that thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. And that's just how life is. If you and I think that we've arrived, I haven't arrived. I've learned a lot of stuff. I've come a long way, but I have not arrived. I certainly have left where I, where I um, started, but I have not arrived and we will never arrive. And then what I also shared to you why it's so important for you and I to learn from history and to learn what God has for you and for me is because the purpose that you have been born for is vitally important. And it's not only important for you. What you've been born for is important for me because I need what you have. And there are millions of other people that need what you have. And that's why it's so important to, to lay down our lives uh, to the largest extent so that God can use us to fulfill his purpose for our lives. And Paul says here in Romans 12 verse 1, and I'm going to change it a little bit today. I'm going to make it much more personal. And I want you to put your name into every uh, part here where I place the emphasis. Now, Paul says here, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren. And he includes the sisters here as well. So whether you're a, a male or a female, a man or a woman, please, it applies to you. And I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. And now I want you to make this personal. And I change it a little bit. And um, just say this with me. I make a decisive dedication of my body, presenting all my members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to you, my God. So we're talking directly to God. 
which is my reasonable, my rational, my intelligent service and spiritual worship. Now this is to take our bodies, everything that we are and everything that we have and uh, presenting it to God as a living sacrifice so that we can be well-pleasing to God. And that's the only way when you and I are walking in the Spirit that we can really be effective in walking with God. That's why Jesus came because Adam and, and Eve, they fell in the garden way in the beginning. And that's why Jesus had to come lay down his life, um, rise from dead, from death, and so that you and I can live. And then num uh, verse number two of Romans 12 is very important because now we have to prove to ourselves that God is good. God doesn't have to prove it for us, but we have to prove it to ourselves. Now, verse two. Again, personal. I will not be conformed to this world or to this age. And conformed here, it means not to be um, poured into the mold of the world system around us. Fashioned after and adopted to its external superficial customs. But I am transformed by the entire renewal of my mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude by your word, my God, so that I may prove for myself what is your good and acceptable and perfect will, my God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in your sight for me. So you see how personal this, this, this becomes. And this is really where you and I, where we're going to uh, know how to walk when we lay down our lives totally when we do what God called us for. And it's important to know these things because uh, I don't think I touched on it yesterday but or in part one, but Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, where people asked him a bunch of questions and they were actually trying to trick him. But this is what he says to them. Uh, you make mistakes. You are wrong because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. So that's why the word of God is so important. And that's why you and I can go and take some of the examples from the past, from history, and really learn from that. Okay, so now to Gideon. So we take our um, scriptures and stuff here from Judges chapter number six. Now, I'm not going to go throughout all the, the, the history, but... Um, just before Gideon, there was um, two of the judges, the people that ruled the Israelites at the time, uh, Deborah and Barak, and they fought the enemy and they won the victory. And for 40 years, they had peace. And then the people didn't do what God told them to do. And because of this, they basically opened themselves up and the enemy came in and the enemy really started oppressing them and they're destroying the crops and everything. So they were not in a, in a, in a good place at that time uh, because the enemy, the Midianites and, and uh, all the other nations of the East came and they destroyed all their crops all the time. They didn't have any animals. They didn't have, even have any donkeys. And whenever they planted something, the, the enemy would just come in with their cattle and with all their camels and stuff and they would just destroy everything that the that the Israelites had and uh, Gideon who many people say he was a coward because 
what he did, he had to beat out some of the wheat in, uh, in a place where the enemy couldn't see him. And this, this was the wine press that he chose to do it because the wine press, he could hide uh, this wheat from the, from the enemy. And many people say, yeah, but Gideon hid in the wine press. He didn't hide in the wine press. He hid the food in the wine press. And he was a brave man to even do that because if the enemy caught him, they might have uh, also either killed him or harmed him and they would have taken his food away. So, and the food was for him and his family. So this is, this is very important to note as well. So people may think of you that you're a coward or that you, that you don't have a backbone and that you cannot do stuff. But I'm telling you, God has put enough potential in you so that you can do what you need to do. And especially as a leader, and each one of you um, are leaders. You are a leader. God gave you everything, all the potential to be a leader and to do what God called you for is on the inside of you. And um, so Gideon was um, uh, busy with this and the Israelites were really oppressed and they started crying out to God. And this is important when you don't know, ask God. God is very quick to answer and uh, contrary to what many people believe, but when you and I lay down our lives like we've done, then God is very quick to answer our prayer. He, he doesn't leave us uh, to, to be in bondage for, for long because even year, year they were in bondage for only seven years. Now previously, like the, the Israelites, they were in Egypt in bondage. They were for 430 years they were there. And that's a long time. So there's a big difference between 430 years and seven years. So, and then God answered them and God sent a prophet to the Israelites. And this prophet just said to them, listen, God brought you up out of Egypt. So again, God refers to history and he brought them out of this house of bondage. And God delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out, your enemies, God drove out before you and gave you their land. So here God, even in this, uh, in this chapter that we're looking at here, Judges 6, God is, is uh, referring to the past, to the history, as he points out to these people. And he said, I was good to you. I took you out from, of Egypt from underneath the hand of oppression of the Pharaoh. And um, so you uh, basically didn't do what I told you to do because in the next verse he says, fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So they didn't obey God's voice. They didn't apply his laws. And that's why they were um, oppressed. And then God started... Um, uh, speaking to, to uh, Gideon and the Lord said to Gideon here, and this is important, and I'm speaking to you, so put your name in here, um, as the angel of the Lord. So I'm speaking as if God is speaking to you. And the angel of the Lord said to you, or, says, or saying to you, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. I'm going to repeat it again. The Lord is with you you mighty man or you mighty woman of fearless courage. And I want you to receive this, to accept this. Don't do as Gideon did here. And this is learning from history. 
don't look for mistakes. You may have uh, a low, low self-esteem. You may not think you can do this stuff. And this is exactly what Gideon did here. And he says, oh, sir, because at this time, uh, time he didn't realize it was God that was actually speaking to him. He says, oh, sir, if the Lord is with us, why is all this befallen us? And we are all these wondrous works of which our fathers told us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian, of our enemy. Now listen to what happens here. God doesn't even listen to this because he already has a plan. So whatever God wants you to do, every provision is already there. You don't need to go and get a bunch of stuff. Just get in line to what God wants of you and do what God wants you to do. And God will provide everything else. Now, and the reason why this is important from this piece of scripture, and remember, we're just recapping still a little bit. And the learned Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go this in your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? So God doesn't even refer to these things that, that Gideon was asking, where he says, but where are you? Why do you say God is with, with us and all these things are happening? God didn't even um, refer to that because Gideon was supposed to know why God um, basically stood back so that the enemy can oppress them because they didn't do what God told them to do. And you will see as we go along as well, because they even started um, uh, worshipping the other gods. They were fearing the other gods. And here when they talk of fearing other gods, they basically worshipping these other idols and the stuff. And this is really what this is all about. So God is calling Gideon and he says, um, he's a mighty man of valor. And God says to him, that um, go in this your might and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. And now again, Gideon has a lot of excuses. And please don't have excuses when God tells you to do. When God tells you to do, like I just said, everything is already provided so that you can do what you need to do. And Gideon says, O oh Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, my clan is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So he's got a lot of excuses again. He said, no, I'm not good enough. Please, please, I, I cannot do this. And listen to what the Lord says to him. And this is where we ended yesterday. The Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall smite the Midianites, the enemy, as one man. And you will see as we go along how uh, many men they were with the enemy and how many their camels were. I mean, they, it says here that they couldn't be counted for multitude. There were tons of them. And I think it, uh, the men in the, in, in the end, it was way over 130,000, I think, 135,000 people that came against Israel. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I've never seen so many people together. And um, anyhow, so the Lord doesn't even refer to Gideon's uh, complaints and about his um, reasons why he cannot do it. God doesn't ask you, can you do it or can't you do it? God just says, listen, are you available or are you not? So when you're available, just know God has already provided everything that you need. Now, here we go and we're going to continue uh, with this part two 
where we're really looking at how to be encouraged when the circumstances look totally opposite of what you and I really want. Maybe totally opposite of the dreams and the visions that you have that God has given in your heart. And this is really to just encourage you. So uh, take the courage from what Gideon did here and what God did through him because this is amazing what Gideon was able to do once he realized that he doesn't have to look at all his shortcomings of him not so-called being good enough because God sees you and I totally different than we may see each other. Now Gideon said to, to the Lord, he says, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. So now Gideon wanted to make sure that this is God because if God says he's with him, then he wants to see miracles. And this is really where you and I are. In today's day, many people don't believe that miracles still happen. But I'm telling you, it happens. I see it in my life virtually every day. How people get healed and how people get set free. And even with myself, uh, how God took me out of a lot of stuff and he's just there for me all the time. And the same with you. He's right with you. If, when you're born again, and if you are born again, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. The fullness of God lives on the inside of you. And I'm not going to give you specifically scriptures for that now. We can deal with that later. If you're not born again, it's fine. You can still apply these principles. But to really take part of everything that God has for you, you need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus as your Savior and you have to become a disciple of Him. It's not just good enough to say, okay, I believe. That's not good enough because Jesus says even the devils believe that as well. But it's important that you and I, that we become disciples of Jesus because Jesus says in Matthew 28, he says, um, because all authority has been given to me, Jesus is saying, he says, therefore now you go and as you go, you make disciples of all the nations and you teach them all the things that I have taught you apart from the other stuff that he also says there. So it's important not just to be a believer, but to be a disciple. And there's a massive difference. And that applies to you, it applies to me, it applies to each and every person that um, God has died for and that Jesus has died for. Now, um, then Gideon says to him, do not leave here. So what Gideon did here, and I'm not going to read everything, I'm just going to tell you quickly. So what Gideon did, he decided... Because he knew if this is God that is speaking to him, he has to prepare something. He has to give something to God. And like we did in the beginning, we're giving our lives. We said, Lord, here I am. I'm giving myself as a living sacrifice. All my faculties, all my members, my whole body, my whole mind, everything I gave to you as a living sacrifice. So take me and I will renew my mind. Because remember, God is not going to do it. You have to renew your mind by the word of God. Like God says to, to Joshua in, in Joshua 1 verse 8, he says, you shall not let this word of the, of, of the law depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate in a day and night until you see and do according to all that is written in it. And then you will have good success, you will be prosperous, and you will deal wisely. So these are the things when you and I spend time in the Word, spend time with God, that God will use to help us 
to um, transform our minds, to renew our minds to, to God's word, to God's laws, and so that we can un- begin to understand how God thinks and how God operates in our lives. So Gideon went and he, um, he uh, killed a goat, uh, a young goat, a kid, and he prepared it and also with unleavened cakes and everything and he bring it, brought it to him. And then the Lord said to him in verse 20, he said, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and lay them on the rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did that. So he even took the broth and he poured it over this all this, this liquid and stuff. And then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And they flared up fire from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from Gideon's sight. So this was the miracle. So Gideon said, if it's really you, Lord, then I want to know that it's you. Now, let me just give you a, a, a sort of an example from my own life. When I first got born again, this is many years ago, in uh, 1992, I got born again on the 17th of January, 1992. And about three months after that, uh, I was asking the Lord. I didn't tell anyone about this. And I said, Lord, all these things that are happening in my life are so... Um, it's really miraculous. I, is this really true? Is it just my imagination? And no, I didn't tell this to anyone else. I just asked God whether this is real. And the one day I was um, in downtown of the city where I, uh, where I lived at the time. And all of a sudden an old, older man came up to me. And I wasn't used to this. And previously I, I was very religious, you know, and... Uh, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, so this man came to me. Uh, I just saw him passing by and I smiled at him and just nodded my head. And the next moment he's standing right next to me and he puts out his big hand and he takes my hand and he says, my little brother, that smile that you just gave me is not, that's not just from here. That smile is straight out of heaven. And I thought, you, what is this? I've never encountered anything like this in my life. And he said, you must listen. He said, those things that you ask God, whether this is real in your life, he says, those things are real. It's true. Do not doubt that it's God that is working in your life. Wow. And he started telling me some stuff that, uh, that only I asked God and only the things that I knew that was happening in my life. And he told me all these things. And um, what he also said, and this is one of the reasons why I can share uh, with you today, and he said, your life will be like a little uh, pebble, like a little rock, and you drop it in the water. And you might have seen it. The moment you drop it into the water, there's circles, those concentric circles start forming. And they go out and out and out, and they, and they virtually never stop. Although at a time we don't see them anymore. But in essence, that energy that, that, uh, that produces, that little, that little rock in the water produces, those circles never really stop again. And he said, that's how your life is and will be. He says, when you drop, um, when that little pebble is dropped in the, in, the, in the water, first, the circles is very narrow. It's just around you and then your family and then the people that you work with. And then it'll just start going out and further and further and further and further. And it will just go all across the world. And 
that made such an impact on me. And these things um, have become true in my life. I've been all across the world and I've had the privilege to, to, to do many uh, exploits for God. Many of them I've done in my own power, which we will also talk about. But um, in, in essence, God was so great to me that he brought these miracles to me. And it's not just about me. You can do exactly the same. So just get into that relationship with God. Because at that time, I spent tons and tons and tons of time in the, in the Word of God. And that's how my mind got renewed so that, I mean, these were new things in my life. Okay, let's go on. And it says here, and this, I just want you to, to note this. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. And if I can just refer back to this old man that um, came and spoke, spoke into my life. And he told me he's called the prophet of God. And he would just go where God tells him to go throughout um, the country where, where I was living in South Africa at that time. And he said, that's how people know him. And I took his number or, you know, in his contact information and stuff like that. And I told him where we gather in the, in the um, uh, church where we gathered and everything. Because it was at that time, it was just in the house church. And I thought I'm going to see him again. I never, ever saw that man again. Never. People knew about him when I told other people. They said, oh, we've heard of this, this man. But I've never in my life, never, ever, I've seen him again. And this is basically, yeah, then the angel of the Lord vanished from Gideon's sight. And when Gideon perceived, this is verse 22 from Judges 6, when Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, Gideon said, oh my goodness, for now I have seen the angel of, of the Lord face to face. So he's basically saying, I've seen God face to face. But the Lord, now listen to this, how precious this is. Now God was not face to face with him, but he spoke to him still. And that's how precious God is. When the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, God still speaks to you. He speaks to you and I all the time. But it's only when we are tuned in to listen to how He speaks that we can really know what He's saying and that He's really speaking to us. And the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And this is just to to um, settle Gideon's mind and say, don't worry, you will not die. Although I appear to you, and scripture says, if you s you've seen God face to face, you will not live. God said to him, peace. And I want you to, and I didn't really get much further, but, but let's just do the, the next verse. And uh, then, <laughs> then I have to sort of draw it to a close here. Um, and then, just in the next verse, after God spoke to him, then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. And it says here, To this day, it still stands in Ophrah, which belongs to the Abyssalites. Now, this is the, the, um, the Gideon's people. His father was an Abyssalite. And so this belongs to Gideon because he knew that he had to build an altar so that he can worship God and praise God and give God glory and honor for everything that he did in his life. Now, I'm just going to, as we draw to a close here, I just want to share with you a few uh, scriptures here. Uh, and especially, this is from Philippians 4, and it's about peace. And my desire for you right now is so that you will have the peace of God in your heart. 
Now, Philippians 4, Paul, again, Paul the Apostle says in verse 4, and this is part of the peace. Basically, just what, what, what we saw Gideon doing here by building this altar. He said, Paul says here, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he emphasizes it. He says, and again, I will say, rejoice. Let everyone come to know your gentleness. When you're gentle, when you walk with God, you're gentle. You can be uh, determined and you can be focused and you can be bold. But there will be a gentleness in, in you. And then he goes on and he says, the Lord is at hand. And here are almost like the, the prerequisites for the peace. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with gratitude. Gratitude with thanksgiving is so important to give thanks to God. And that's what Gideon did there as well. Make your requests known to God. So God says, come on. You can make your request known to me. Come, come to me. God doesn't have a problem with that. So he wants you and I to come to him. And then it says, verse 7, Philippians 4, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will protect your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You hear that? So when we do this, then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect and guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And verse 80 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. This is the only way that you're really going to get there. Do these things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, there's two things here that I want you to note, and this is very important. And I've never heard people talking about this because everybody refers to, um, you know, when you make your supplications known to God, um, the peace of God will um, surpass all understanding and will protect your hearts and your minds. And that is true. So you have to think on the good stuff because thoughts go in over into words and over actions and these actions, there are consequences. So we've dealt on that, that before. So I'm not going to deal on that. So the peace of God, but now listen to what, what Paul says here in this last verse, verse 9, what I shared with you. Do those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. So these things that I'm sharing with you here, apply these things, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. It's not only the peace of God, but the God of peace will be with you. And that is really what happened here, that the God of peace was with Gideon here. Because um, Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. Because the Lord, just in the previous verse, in verse 23 of Judges 6, the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And that is really what I'm leaving with you today. This is a word of encouragement. And all throughout this, this, this um, series, 
uh, of avoiding avoid mistakes by learning from history, I'm going to encourage you because there's lots of words of encouragement, but there's also lots of strategy so that you know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, so that you can be successful in everything that you do. So this has been a, a great uh, broadcast again. I really enjoyed sharing this with you and I really trust that you got something out of this message. And uh, if you haven't listened to the, to the first part, please go back to that, listen to that. And um, also in the, in the previous broadcast, I had Judy, my precious wife with me, and she shared a little bit um, also on the potential that you have in you and that you can really draw on that potential. And she's also helping with um, helping you to get a vision. If you don't have a vision, it's very important that you have a vision. And she dealt a little bit on that as well. So please go and listen to those messages as well so that you can get a, uh, a deeper understanding of all the things that we've already dealt with. And, uh, but just be encouraged. I, I really trust that this word that I uh, speak to you today, that it'll really encourage you even for today, but also for the rest of your life. So thank you so much for, for listening and please share this message. Help me to get this message, message out. Um, subscribe and, and uh, connect with me on this, on this broadcast, but also on the website. Give us your feedback. We really appreciate you and we would like to hear from you. And you can also go and donate on the website, sunshineharvest.com. I will leave it um, below in the, in the description as well. So you can go there and you can share and help me to take this message out. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Have an awesome day and I'll chat to you again in tomorrow's broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.